Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes, episode 109, which is the atomic number of merit... Mitenarium. What is mitenarium used for, Dylan? Uh, atomic number 109. Dylan, your mic just so got really quiet. <laughs> Alright, so I am Trey... I am Trey, joined as always by Cam, Tucker, and Dylan. How are we, gentlemen? Living the dream. This is the first episode in the post-Brady era. Tom Brady is retired. Obviously, we'll cover that. But first, we have to go over an all-time waste-to-takes moment, an all-time waste-to-take winner. That moment belongs to Dylan Benham, who in the second episode of this podcast said, Brian Flores is... He needs to be fired because he's too good. Turns out, in 2019, while we were recording that episode, the Dolphins owner was thinking the exact same thing. He thought, this guy's too good. He needs to go. Maybe not this year, but soon. Needs to go. Maybe a listener. Maybe a listener. Yeah, maybe. But, Dylan, I just want to give you your moment in the sun here. I mean, what an all-time take. It took a long time for it to come to fruition. We all laughed when you said it. We said we loved the take, but we did laugh. And it turns out you couldn't have been more right. This was, like, Dylan's first research take, too, is the impressive part. The first time Dylan, like, because episode one, Dylan was, like, a little bit in over his head. Episode two, he, like, had his numbers and all that. And oh, yeah, I brought this just out. absolutely had the greatest take in the history of Wasted Takes in the second episode. Now, if you think about it, and when I was formulating the take, it does make sense. It's very ludicrous. And Cam alluded to this, if you go back and listen, that... Um, He's like, oh, I understand what you're saying now. It took, it took everybody a second because I didn't really deliver it well. But um, Brian Flores is too good of a coach for how crappy the Dolphins are. The Dolphins, in order to get in order to get better in this league, in order to get better in the NBA, kind of the NHL, you need to be shitty enough to get good picks so that you can rebuild. You can't be the teams that just live in the middle. You're going to get dog crap picks, and you're just going to stay that fringe team forever. If you are fine with that as an organization, then by all means, go do it. Sounds like the owner of the Dolphins understands what I'm saying. Listened to the pod. It was like, oh, that's a great idea. And said, yeah, Flores is winning too many games for us. We're too bad of a team normally. So we don't get <clears throat> the top five, one of the top five picks because we got Flores here winning us too many games. And, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, and I'm not surprised it happened. Yeah, I mean, that was right in the middle of the tank for Tua movement. They did end up getting a top five pick, but they had you had to think maybe that they were – I don't know. It's insane to me, but – you nailed the take. You nailed it. Um, other winners and losers. Obviously, Brady, maybe not rebuffing about retirement. Then again, maybe he is. I'll go into that later, but maybe not bluffing. Um, so, loser for me. Jimmy G did not win. So, loser for me. Uh, anybody got anything else? Yeah. The, um, the jersey curse still... Is now flip flop. So if I get a jersey, this is the new curse. 
you're going to have your bad days. You're going to get traded. You're going to get injured, whatever. But the next year, you're going to be so good. And but didn't you get a Odell jersey like six years ago? Yeah, but he got traded shortly after, a couple years after. And Jalen Ramsey got traded after. And now I have a Jalen Ramsey jersey, an Odell jersey, and a Burrow jersey. And they're all playing for the title. And I have a Kittle jersey. Lost the title, but scored a touchdown in that game. So I'm going to give myself a winner. Also going to give myself a winner for saying Joe Burrow was going to be elite and the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Don't think Andrew Luck ever made it to a Super Bowl. Um, and certainly not in his second year. So I'm going to give myself a winner there. Also, I was listening back to the episode. Just shout out to Dylan another time. Unreal, because when Trey dropped the news in our chat about Flores and whatever, we read, I read through it, and I was like, he literally was paid to lose games, and he was too good of a coach where he didn't lose them, and he got fired for it, and that was it. And then I went back and listened to the episode, and there's, it was, it was spot on. It's unbelievable. That take, um, give myself some credit there. I also said that the only reason they should tank is if they're going to take 100% and get Burrow, and that's what they were kind of wanted to do, according to Flores' reports. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got for winners. No, it's an, it's an incredible take. In terms of our point totals, Dylan staying on top, taking home the point this week for his Aaron Rodgers take. Um, so Dylan moves up to two points, trails me by one. I have three. Tucker's got one. Cam's still sitting with a goose egg. Uh, so, Cam, stop with the weak takes. All right. Waste of takes. Who's got one? Who wants to go? I'll go. Go ahead. Um, Trade's a different one than from before. Um, not going to be my coordinator take, but uh, it is Buccaneers related. Um, I'm thinking... Buccaneers, what is the future of the Buccaneers? And I believe the future of the Buccaneers ends with another elite quarterback that's played for one franchise his entire career, moving over. His name is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is ring-hungry. He hates the he hates where he is. He wants to prove himself as a winner. Where does he go? He goes to a team that has it all in the Buccaneers. So Aaron Rodgers signs with the Buccaneers this year, and I'm going to take the take a step farther. Not only does he sign with the Buccaneers this year, he loses in the AFC Championship game as the one seed. That's going to be a waste to take a year winner this year, but it's going to happen. He's not going to play in the AFC Championship game. I'm sorry. As, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I just, he is still a loser. He is still Aaron Rodgers, so he won't win a bowl with him. But he will make it the AFC Championship game. They'll be the best team in the world all regular season. Um, but yeah, they need a quarterback bad and they have all the pieces around it. I don't see why Aaron Rodgers, if he wants out, that has to be his number one destination. I'm going to hold my reaction because my take is also Buccaneers related and it will directly, uh, be up against this take. So I'm going to hold mine and let you guys go. Um, I'm going to jump right in and say, Tuck, you're off to a rough start with this take after my take last week that just won. Um, Wait, what was your take last week? My take was the direct opposite of what you're saying. It was that, one, he was going to stay uh, as a Packer, and reason being that he doesn't want to follow in the footsteps of anybody who's done something similar before. So he's not going to 
go to the Bucks because Tom Brady already did that. He's not going to go to Denver because Peyton Manning already did that. He's, he's like so pretentious and full of himself that he can't take, uh, he can't put himself in that situation. He has to, he's like, he has to suck it up in, in Green Bay because he physically will not let himself go anywhere. Oh, I think he's out. Um, I mean, he posted the last dance before this season ended. Like, I mean, before the season even started, he posted, like, the last dance with him and uh That's why the thing is he has to go to a team that has no history. Like, he's got to, like, he's got to go to, like, the Oakland Raiders, who've just been booty for a long time. The Bears. Maybe the Bears. Yeah. So, I, I agree with you more this week, Dill. That I did last week. Um, I don't think he will go to the Bucks because when you go to the Bucks, you're exactly right, Dylan. You have to win a Super Bowl in your first year because if you don't, you're and already he's not as good as Tom Brady. Obviously, maybe he's more athletic. He can make throws that Tom Brady can, but at the end of the day, he's lost what four NFC championships and too many playoff games. He can't go to the Bucks because if he doesn't win there, it's absolutely over for him. Um, I don't think he goes there. I think I'm pretty much staying on where I was last week. I think he's going to stay. Um, however, since we recorded, the Broncos hired the Packers OC. And I think, to be honest with you, I think they hired the Packers OC, not because he was the best option, just hoping that that's going to help their case with trying to get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. I think they are going to make a big push. Um, but yeah, Tucker, I do not agree with that. He's not going to go. All right, let me lead off by just saying I don't necessarily think he's going to go. Um, I think the Bucks are in real cap trouble, which has kind of been reported on. Um, so I just I don't think that he's, he's going to go there. I don't think they could swing it right now. Um, I don't know what they have in terms of assets to deal. Is he a free agent? Is that it, or does he have one year left and he has to be traded? I don't know. Either way, um, but my take is Bucks related. Um, I don't care who the quarterback is down there. Um, now that Brady's gone, they are going to miss the playoffs. That's the take. The Bucks are going to miss the playoffs. Um, the reason why Brady worked there is because he is so football focused and he's so hyper, you know, hyper competitive. He was running the show down there. It was evident from day one that he was running the show down there. It was all done by him. You know, he maybe didn't touch the defensive side of the ball, but he touched the offense. He had his fingerprints all over. I don't think Bruce Arians had much say in any of the offensive features. None, neither did Byron Leftwich. You just have to watch that one game where Brady was staring down Leftwich. So, and you don't think remarkably arrogant Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has the love and the love for football and the love for competitive competition that Brady has. I don't think he'd want to put up with it. I think he's a laid back guy. I don't think he'd want to. I think part of the reason Brady retired is because he was getting sick of being 44 years old and having to basically run a team. It was just too much for him. I think, I don't think he was particularly happy at the end of this year. I I think that last year was awesome. And he had the, you know, he won the Super Bowl obviously, and everything went perfectly. And he finally proved it to Bill that, you know, to everyone that Bill's nothing and, and that was great. But then he went into another year of it and he's like, damn, I, I have to like like be hyper-focused on everything in this team or we're not going to win. 
Um, I have to make sure Antonio's happy. I have to make sure Gronk's happy. I have to make sure Mike Evans is happy. I have to make sure Bruce is happy. I have to run plays. I have to just everything. So I don't think a guy like Aaron Rodgers would be able to do that. I'll tell you what the Buccaneers are. They're exact. They're right back to the 2019 Buccaneers. It's what they are. They are a good team with no quarterback. And I think they're going to try to go with Trask or uh, Gabbert. I, I don't see them signing a big guy. Maybe they would sign Jimmy G, which I know you thought my take was going to be. But I just don't see anybody down there being able to outshine, you know, overshadow Bruce Arians' stu- stupidity. I think they're missing the playoffs. I said this when Brady went there that I cannot wait for the day he leaves because they're going to go right back to football mediocrity, right back into the gutter of the league with the crappy teams like the Giants and the Bears. They're just going to sit down there and <laughs> suck forever. I'm so happy. Goodbye, Tampa Bay. I will not miss seeing you ever again. Do not make the playoffs. So I, I, I mostly agree with you. Almost, almost completely agree with you. Um, to touch on the Aaron Rodgers thing one more time. My last point is that when Brady went there, they were a stacked house. He knew Gronk was going to go with him. He knew that they had all the pieces. And Trey's right. He, the, the cap room there is is no longer. They bought in for the one Super Bowl that they got and props to them. I mean, they got it hundred percent good on them, but Aaron Rodgers, there's no way that he's going to go in there and they can't buy in for him. Like he would want. Um, my second thing, just go to Trey. I think that Blaine Gabbert's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely not. It's going to be, it's going to be Trask and somebody that they trade for. That is, a second-string guy, like we talked about last week in our list, guys, Minshew, Mariota, Trubisky, those kind of guys are the ones that are going to be fighting for starting job. Jameis may be going back. Oh, I hope so. Those are the ones that are going to be fighting for starting jobs in in Tampa Bay. And I I agree, they're going to go back to mediocrity. They're going to go back to uh, eight and nine team. They're going to miss out in the playoffs. Luckily, the division that they're in, it's not getting any better, it seems like. So they still have hope. And I think the reason why they might make the playoffs, and this is the only part where I may disagree with you, is because one, their division is still not going to be great. That's true. John Payton's gone, and the Saints are, don't know what they're doing. And then you got the Panthers, who don't have a quarterback, Stink. and the Falcons, two of the Falcons. So the reason I think they might, might make the playoffs still win the division um, is because... The biggest thing for the Bucks right now, now that Brady is gone, is they don't want to go back to what they were. They're going to do everything in their power to stay, maybe you know, not on top, but stay in the conversation for a playoff team. So I think that they're going to do everything they can to get players there and just wear themselves out. That's the only reason I don't think that. That's the only reason I think they might still make the playoffs is that they just get good players. But if, if the cap situation is not great, then yeah, it might be a trouble. Dale? Um, yeah, I think the Bucks are moving towards the realm of irrelevant shortly. Um, this is the take that they'll come in last. In the uh, they just won't make the playoffs. I don't know where they'll they come in. The division, but they won't make the playoffs. Um, they won't come in first in the division, essentially. 
Yeah, I mean, the, like Camp said, the division isn't great. Um, I, I don't see many teams progressing in there very well. Um, uh, that said, I, I also I think I agree with Cam and everything he says, and I'll just add to it um, that there can be like a one or two year delay, right? So um, Brady being gone, you know, he still was a player for the team. He was still working with the coaches, working with the players. So they they will probably even if Brady was the one who was teaching him all these things. Maybe they learned all those things and are now really good at them. Um, so they'll be good for another year or so until other teams pick up on those things that they're doing well and are able to combat against that. The players themselves won't be good enough to then change their ways because Brady's not there anymore to tell them, but they might have like a one-year lag effect of them still being good until people figure it out to play against them. Oh. I'll go. Uh, I'll go one step further and say that the only way I don't know if this happened. There's been no reports of this happening, but on his way out, if Brady, maybe at the beginning of this year, had an inkling that this was his last year, and he kind of not passed the torch in a sense to Trask, but gave Trask a little bit of extra time and said, hey, you might have to be the guy one day or whatever. I think Trask might be the only possible way that they can make this thing happen. And then if Brady didn't do anything out of, you know, out of the ordinary to, to help him, I think they're, they're a lost cause. But I think if, if it's going to be somebody that leads in there and keeps the ship going, I think it's going to be Trask because he's in the organization played under it. Um, Tucker, do you think they're going to make the playoffs aside from your Rodgers take? Um, yes, I do. Mostly because of my Rodgers take, but also because even without Rodgers, I think they're the most talented team in that division. Um, it's just they're in a really weak division right now. I don't think anyone's all that good in the division, especially without Sean Payton there. No real quarterback for the Saints. Maybe with Michael Thomas and Jameis back, maybe they have a shot at it. But I think the Panthers are still years away. And the Jaguars, no, fuck, NFC South. Who's in the NFC South with them? Saints. Falcons, Panthers. Falcons. Falcons are the Falcons. Uh, they're going to keep falconing to the I end I can't believe Matt Ryan's still playing. Yeah, Matt Ryan feels like he's like 45. He's, but, uh, he's at the end. Probably last year, next year. Yeah, so, you know, it's just one of those, I don't know, I don't, I can still see them definitely making the playoffs, probably through their own division. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think you're losing, you lost Brady, you're losing Godwin. Um. I don't know. Uh. I just don't, tr- I don't trust Bruce Arians as far as I'm going. Rodgers and Devontae Adams. If they're definitely they're not getting both. The they're not getting years. both, Tucker. They do not have the cap room to get both. So pick they, one. <laughs> they might make the playoffs next year because of the lag effect. There's no way they make it in two years. To, to address, to address cuts, the they're coming together as a package deal. They're the new Gronk and Brady. To address the the lag effect, a Brady left New England. A lot of the same guys were here. Things weren't the same. We had a crappy quarterback and we sucked. Um. Well, I'm saying the team is good now. The team was not good for the Patriots. Well, they made the Brady playoffs last year. 
They made the playoffs. Yeah, they, well, we willed ourselves there after going like 7-0 and at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, we second suck. of all, Brady um, would not teach Trask anything. I promise you that. He's not that type of guy. I don't think he th- decided he was retiring until this game. I really do think it was like a last second decision. Um, I don't think he was he was going to help Trask. He's not that type of guy. He he doesn't like backup quarterbacks. All right. I think I think Brady watched the Bills Chiefs game and was like, I can't compete with that. Probably. Uh, Dale, why don't you jump in with your wasted take? Um, wasted take for me. Uh, it's just, it's a it's a short and quick one. Um, a lot of teams losing quarterbacks. Obviously now Brady's left. Uh. Uh, ben Roethlisberger retired. We got no some, people, some people probably uh, shuffling around as they usually are. Um, but specifically for the Steelers, the Steelers have the 20th pick in the 2022 draft currently. Um, it's a little early for draft projections, but I think the, the Steelers are going with a hometown guy, a hero of Pittsburgh. Cam's brought it up. Kenny Pickett is going to the Steelers, the 20th pick of the 2022 draft. Uh, I think that's day two. Or is that day one still? Day one. Day, day one. one. Fourth, Second full round. round. The whole first round is day one. Um, so this is because quarterbacks, this this draft class quarterbacks is, is not great, right? So um, there's going to be a lot of comp- competition up front for the best other players. Um, and people are going to want them when they get them. And I think uh, Pickett can slide. He's probably the best quarterback in the class. Um, he does have small hands, uh, Trump style, but that might even push him back a little bit farther to 20th. The Steelers pick him up. Um, I already had a take that he's going to be overvalued and go in the top five, so i got to stick with that. But I could see it happening. It seems like it would be a perfect place for him. Um, you know, a little bit of a mobile guy. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of him play, but um, it would be a cool story. But I, st- I still think he's going to be overvalued and picked higher, um, especially with how QB-hungry teams get. Tucker? Um, yeah, I could definitely see Kenny Pickett going there. Um I think this is a year where people aren't really high on QBs. A lot of offensive line talent. It's a draft with a lot of talent outside of the QB position. So I think that it's going to be drafted appropriately. Um, and I think Kenny Pickett belongs in a place around that 20 spot. And I think he can thrive there um, versus in the top 10. I just don't think he has enough value. You need like a guy that you think is going to be the future of the franchise to go into that spot and he's not really there yet so 20 seems like a fair spot for him i think it's the right so, i think it's the right spot i just think nfl teams are dumb go ahead Ken. yeah i i think this is i like this take and i i've thought about this before and it just makes sense pittsburgh to pittsburgh um and i think that i think i think the same thing actually Dill. i think he is going to get drafted by pittsburgh and the reason why is because I think I think he's actually going to be the first quarterback taken off the board and maybe the only one in the first round because it's a terrible QB draft class 
And anyone that's in the top five or top ten, whatever that need, I haven't looked into it too much, that needs quarterbacks, I think, are just going to offseason make a trade or free agency because there's it's a bad year for drafting QBs, but it's a great year for trading for or picking up free agent QBs. So I think that the teams with top picks that need QBs are going to make some trades and try to get in the offseason because they know that they might not get their franchise guy. This reminds me, somebody tweeted it, and I read it today, and it made perfect sense. This is the 2013 draft all over again where E.J. Manuel was the first QB taken at like 11, and then I forget who was after that, but it was nobody good. Nobody got taken in that draft that was good as a QB, really. Um, so I agree with this, though. I like it. All right. Uh, Cam, go ahead. All right. So I got to take that and lead into some conversation here. Obviously, some breaking news earlier that Brian Flores is suing the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos um, for a couple of reasons. The racism reason that, you know, they only had him for an interview because he was black and they're required to. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, hold it there. The... The NFL requires that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that sure. why he's suing? Or because he didn't so, get the job? So I'll get, I'll get into it. I'll explain it a little bit to my knowledge. Is that, so the NFL requires you to interview at least one minority head coach. And the Giants had interviews with Brian Dable, Brian Flores, and Leslie Frazier. Brian Flores and Leslie Frazier, both black. So that is going to be their main argument, I think. But Brian Flores got a text from Bill Belichick, and apparently Bill said, you know, congratulations, I just heard the news. Um, And Flores is like, what do you mean? Did you hear something I didn't? I just landed. I just landed. I have an interview, you know, Thursday. Or he goes, did you hear something I didn't? And Belichick said, the Giants? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. A little weird. Um, and he was like, yeah, I have an interview Thursday. You know, looking forward to it. I really think I can I can get it. And he was like, yeah, well, I've heard from Buffalo that you're the guy. And he was like, wait, do you mean to be texting Brian Flores or Brian Dable? And Belichick was like, oh, no, my bad. I, you know hinting at the fact that he meant to text Brian Dable from the Bills instead of Brian Flores, his old buddy. So my take is that this was planned. Belichick knew what he was doing. He knew who he was texting. And he heard the news, and he knew Brian Flores hadn't even gotten his interview chance yet. So he's like, let's make some noise. So he sent this text, he got all glimmer glamour for the media, put the exclamation marks in there, like he probably doesn't. And I think the reason There's is, no way he uses that much punctuation normally. Exactly. So it's already sketchy. I think he texted Flores on purpose because he doesn't want him co- head coaching anywhere else. 
and he's not going to get a job anywhere else, really, now that he's suing and he's on people's bad sides, so that he can bring Flores back as his uh, heir to the throne. I love. I mean, I love it. Um, what? Let me just say, what an all-time old man moment from Belichick. Yeah. If 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 not, if it. I mean, I was, I was having this conversation with my roommates. It's entirely possible that he did this on purpose. Again, it also it, it makes a lot of sense to me that he just has Brian coordinator in his phone and just texts that way. I mean, an all-time old man screw up. But if he is pulling the strings, if he really is Darth Sidious and he's pulling the strings and he's making this happen. I mean, Flores said he does, he knows he's putting his job in jeopardy. His, his status as a head coach candidate in jeopardy doing this. You don't take on the league very often and win. We've seen it a million times in the past five years. Um, but I hope so. Um, I don't know. I really do think Bill's just old and <laughs> screwed up and turned uh, Brian onto this. And I'm, I'm happy for Brian. I think he should sue. Uh, the Giants are clearly racist. It's a racist organization. Um, and he deserves to sue. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's true, but I hope it is because I'd rather have Brian Flores as my heir apparent than uh, Steve Belichick or Matt Patricia because now that McDaniel's gone, that's probably it. So are we going to touch more on this later or should I bring up my whole thoughts on it now? I thought we could t- have the first reaction of the yeah, take and then – all right, because right, I'm like I number one, I think that the Giants like not high like already taking another job before interviewing Brian Flores. Sorry, taking another candidate before interviewing Brian Flores. Racist, racist, racist right off the bat. Racist. That is racist in itself. But um, wait, say that again. I missed it. It's I just so they basically just high interviewed Brian Flores for a. Uh, to fulfill the Rooney role and weren't ever even considering him. They had already hired Brian Dable before they even interviewed three Brian days, Flores, three days before they the whole idea of like giving more minorities a chance when you just hire someone before you even interview them. Bullshit. Oh, okay. but, uh, well, that, that, that's the league's fault. I wouldn't put that on the team, right? No, it's a hundred percent. They already the hired someone. They hired him three before days before they, before they interviewed, interviewed them. Flores. Yeah, but it, the rule is the league rule, so I mean, I, I, yeah. No, yeah, no, it's it's like a rule, and they're just like, ah, fuck the rule. We're hiring this dude. I don't need to listen. The fact to that the else. rule, the fact that the rule exists, is what's is what's racist. Well, the that, rule exists to give black coaches more opportunities to become head coaches, and when you just hire, when you just interview them for the sake of interviewing them and don't give them a genuine shot, you're the asshole. Yes, that's the exact point of it. You're the asshole. Yes. They did not give him a shot. Therefore, it is is racist. They just had him in as a placeholder. Yeah, Cam, you can jump in here. Okay, this is stupid. Okay, so so here's, here's my thing. One, I think, let me start by saying this. There should be more black head coaches in the league. And it's not because of, it's not because of, we need to hire more black coaches for diversity. It's because there's people like Brian Flores, Eric Bieniemy, and Jim Caldwell who are just absolute studs, have great records, and they're not being hired. That's the reason why, and I think that is a problem. I'm not going to lie. Um, that being said, the Giants hired Joe Shane. The Bills 
um, player personnel guide as their GM. And this was two, a little, a week and a half ago. Now they hire, they interviewed Dable before they interviewed Flores. And I, I think what happened was they're like, all right, we got high hopes for this guy. We got high praise from Shane and we're, we really like this guy. And I don't think it was out of the question that if Flores came in for an interview and just blew the socks off the whatever that saying goes, that they would have hired him. However, at the same time, I think that the fact that they leaked that out and Bill Belichick heard of it, that they that Dable was like prime position, we really love him. He's awesome. He's our guy. I think that was the Giants' problem. They shouldn't have said anything to give the guy a chance. So I agree with you guys in the sense of, like, that's not cool at all. I, I totally agree with you there. But there's no merit to this. There's no way. In the NFL, already saying there's no merit to any of these accusations that Brian Flores is saying, um, just kind of proves that I don't think anything's going to be done about this, except for the fact that Flores is going to have trouble finding a job now. And I think it goes back to my take where Belichick's going to be the first one to be like, come on in. Yeah, so hold, hold on. Whatever that was. Um, so I I understand the day bowl hire, right? It, it makes sense because who is the quarterback they have in New York right now? It's a tall guy with a big arm that maybe is a bit of a doofus. What did they have in Buffalo three years ago? Tall guy, big arm, maybe a bit of a doofus. So if they come out and just say, we hired the guy that we thought was going to work best with our quarterback. Yes, I understand that. But the, prop, the, the, the problem arises from them knowing that Flores wasn't going to get the job, having him in as basically just... Generic black guy came in and, and interviewed, and now we can hire the guy we want. Like that's the they problem. Also had Leslie, Leslie Frazier was also interviewed. He was also Cam. You know the rule now is two black coaches, right? Is is that an actual fact? You're yeah, no, that's a fact. So they filled half the requirement with him and half the they, requirement with Frazier. So is that yeah, no, no. They literally hired, they interviewed two black guys and the guy they were going to hire. That was how they did the interviewing. I, and so, so let me jump in, but because that is the requirement. So, if they already knew the guy that they wanted, they have to go at. They still have to interview the other two. Because right, and that's cool. my thing too. So that's like, the, listen to your why? fucking listen to everyone before. Like the whole idea is like. You might like this guy, but let's hear out like yeah, the other dudes and see what they have. Maybe that's I, a good I, idea. I don't have to go to one right off the bat. It's I don't have to go to all three mechanics on my list if the second one is. I'm like, I like the second one. It doesn't matter what the third one is at that point. So well, it, if, it, the it, if the third one's offering you the same thing at half the rate, you probably want to hear them, huh? I'm just saying you don't have to. So yeah, but if you're asking same, for a quote so and if, then you, if you don't get the third guy's quote because the second one was good enough. What, and you what, could be missing a better quote. But I'm just saying, I like the second guy. He's my dude. It fits. I like him. He's, he knows my car. All right. That that this is what this is about, right? So if you have, what if you had, if they 
They interviewed uh, Frazier, then they interviewed Flores, then they interviewed the guy that they like, and then there was another white guy on next Thursday who was supposed to be interviewed, and they didn't interview that guy. Yes, that's still messed up. Guy. That's but still it's bad. Not, it's not racist because they didn't do it. It's not it's, racist because he's not black. <laughs> it's not ra- well, it There is one black head coach in the league. They're a dick. Well, that's okay. Like Cam said, there's definitely dudes out there that are African-American. And that wh- then why are coaches. they not getting these jobs? Why are they not even considered? Did you hear what happened to him in Denver? He was up for a Denver job. He rolled in to fill the Rooney role for Denver. Guess what? They they showed up drunk as hell. They were laughing the whole meeting, not paying attention, and just they said, okay, thanks for coming. Me. See you later. That's what. That's not fair. It's not fair. Just He should be given a fair shake, is all I'm saying. And he clearly well, I'm not isn't. Saying, I'm not saying that that's not wrong. I'm not saying that the, the team probably should have heard him out, just because that's probably the cordial thing to do. But that's what but you just said. I'm saying they don't have to. It's not. It's not. They literally do. They, though. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's not racist because they didn't. I'm saying in general you shouldn't have to. The, the, the rule no, is no. The reason is, say, the reason that he's arguing that it's racist is because they already said that Dable was the guy. That's his argument. It's but not the, the argument. what if Dable was an Asian guy? Like what? It doesn't matter. Like well, that's it, not. It, that's not the situation, but my, I mean, <laughs> my, my thing is the Giants just could have avoided all of this by just interviewing David last and just interview the other guys first. And then at the very We're end, not telling like, people they're going to hire David. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. <laughs> like I, like I said, I, I, I don't think the Giants handled this well at all. I think, I don't think they did at all, but at the same time, I don't think that they're going to get. You know, there's not going to be charges brought against them for it either. All right. Um, the second part of the story, I, don't, I was out of the room, Cam. I don't know if you touched on it. But the second part of the story was the uh, Dolphins paying $100,000 per game to lose. And that is just like the first time we've actually had somebody come out and say, yeah, there's like paying for tanking in the league. Um, I think it's so dumb that the people value these draft picks that high because – while you were saying yes that they were trying to go for Burrow, originally they were trying to go for Tua, and they ended up with Tua. And turns out maybe Tua is not so good. Anybody you draft in the top five could be a bust. Happens all the time. It just sickens me that you're paying you're paying a guy to lose. And if if Flores goes out and puts up a one and sixteen season, and then the next year he has to build, and he's probably still bad, then he gets fired, and he can't go anywhere because his he's he's looked at as a bad head coach. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, Tucker, what do you think about it? Yeah, no, I mean, tanking for things. It is like, no, it's getting a top draft pick is not nearly as important as developing a winning culture and, like, actually training your guys to start being better in winning games. Like, I'd much rather go 9-7 and seven, not have a great draft pick and not make the playoffs than have a team that goes 2-14. and 14. Like, going into next season, who would I rather be? The Pittsburgh Steelers or the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's the Steelers 10 times out of 10. Yeah, the Jaguars have the number one pick in the draft. But I would never want to be the Jaguars in any situation. Dill? Um, 
yeah so this is uh this is not good like this is almost in the territory of like um manipulating games if 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 like flores actually fell followed through with this and he actually got money from it um I mean, props for him for saying "fuck you" and then going out and winning like what was it, eight, uh, seven out of eight games or something to end the season. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I love the guy for that, and uh, it's really ridiculous that a team would institute something like that. Um, and to that same token, though, it is the team's choice to like do what they want with the team. Um, but at the cost of manipulating outcomes of games, I think that the league could step in and be like, yeah, that wasn't okay. You should be fine for that. I agree, Dill. I think that it shouldn't be allowed if there's proof of it. There's obviously not proof. It's hearsay at this point. But, I mean, you're again, your take nailed it because he was too good of a coach to say, oh, yeah, I'll just take the easy money. He said, no, I want to build a team. I want to build a winning franchise. I'm not going to just tank. Cam? Yeah, so just, just to reiterate about the last segment, I mean, Brian Flores should be a head coach anywhere. That's not that's not the issue that I had with any of that. I, I agree. He should be a head coach. Hopefully he will be one day. I agree or he can come be think, coordinator here. I don't care. I think it's not on him at all. He's put into an awful situation in Miami. And, I mean, what do you do when – when your owner comes up to you and says, let's lose as the head coach that was brought in there with the mindset to win. And I don't know, hindsight's, hindsight's 2020, obviously, but like, what if he had come out with this back then? Like as soon as he heard it, that would be, that would have been the better time to put this out there and say, Hey, I just got here and he just told me to lose. I think it would have had a lot more merit then and he could have been able to prove it then. And now he's coming out with it now. Um, I think it is hearsay now, unfortunately, but I, I mean, I feel bad for the guy with everything, including the giants. I mean, they handled it poorly. And I think that the dolphins are a bum organization. And I mean, I can't, I, when I heard that, I could not believe it. And if it is true, that is disgusting. I 100% believe that it's true, by the way. I 100% I believe it. I'm going to take it a step further. I think Brian Flores was only hired to lose. Just like, uh, who's the Texans? David Culley, who like got put in this year under a terrible organization where they're planning on losing every game. But I'm pretty sure you get like, compensatory pick for hiring a minority coach. So they just want the compensatory pick, and then they just fire them that year. And that's why they're like, just lose all the games. Like, we'll get an extra draft pick. Uh, you'll get paid, and then we'll just fire you at the end of the year. And then when he did everything, we'll like, shit, we can't fire him. Yeah. Um, I don't right. know if I agree with that, but it kind of the situation kind of lends itself to maybe think that way. But I don't think that's the, that was the intent. All right. Um. Before we get into Brady, let's do the games. Um, so first off, you had Cincinnati and Kansas City. The world was against Kansas City. Nobody wanted Kansas City to win this game. Cincinnati goes down big. Burrow pulls up his his uh, bootstraps, 
drags him back into the game, uh, gets it to OT, um, and then you say, oh, well, whoever wins the coin toss, it's over. And then Kansas City wins it. Patrick Mahomes starts to think, oh, um, I'm God. I can't mess up. Um, um, so he tosses a ball down the field, gets picked off. Burrow turns it around, gets it in range for Kick Fearson, and he uh, puts it through. So um, obviously great game for the Bengals. Very excited they're going to Super Bowl. I will be rooting for them. Um, Burrow is the man, although the real story of this game is the defense in the second half. The defense was nuts in the second half. Um, holding the Chiefs to whatever what, three points or whatever they held them to is bananas. Um, so... There, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm. It's really cool to see a team like Cincinnati be the team going to the Super Bowl. Um, a long waiting franchise finally finds their guy, and they're on their way. So, um, Tucker, what do you think of this one? Incredible game in the second half for the. Uh, I mean, I thought this game was over at halftime. I I literally like turned off the game for a bit. Like I was going to do some stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can miss it the first 10 minutes of the second half. Like, this game's over. So, you know, came back in, and just the change in defense that they had in this game was incredible, just in the fact that they were like, you know what, the new strategy, we are just going to rush three and just drop eight into coverage. Pat Mahomes couldn't find anything. The coverage was fantastic. And eight in cover. I mean, and the three were getting pressure on Pat Mahomes. Like, he was getting sacked on three-man rushes, which is incredible. They played so well. The Chiefs choked trying to be cute with it, trying to go deep all the time, going for it uh, at the end of the first half. Dumb move. Changed the whole momentum of the game. Uh, but, yeah, incredible. Dylan, you got any thoughts on the game? Uh, sure. Uh, Tucker or Trey and Cam are both MIA. Um yeah, so this was a great game, in the, obviously, for the Bengals to be able to come back. Um, but I think it was more a testament for the Chiefs' ability to just somehow choke. Um, they, they choked this game. Uh, they choked pretty hard. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was, I don't even think people were really, at least people our age, were really rooting against the Chiefs. They were rooting against uh, Pat Mahomes' wife. That's what it was. Um, and it's exciting to see uh, that that loss, that grin, that gummy grin off her face. Oh, yeah, she sucks. They both suck. Uh, Cam, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Um, I, I, that was an awesome game. I, was, I had my Burrow jersey on. I didn't expect much. We were in the group chat talking that the Chiefs might win six more bowls. They got off ahead early, and we were like, wow, this, this team is unbelievable. The offense is unstoppable. And I don't know, man. Joe can, some, can someone remind me what happened in like the last yeah. Yeah. five so, minutes? Because something crazy yep. happened. I forget what yeah, it was. so it was less than that. It was 21-3. to three. Chiefs are about to score again, and it was pretty much goal line, maybe like the five-yard line, and I believe it was five seconds left 
and they could have kicked the field goal. They decided, let's do one more play. Instead of throwing it to the end zone or just throwing it away, did a short little swing route to Tyreek. He got oh, tackled right. bounds, and they didn't score, which hindsight, maybe they win the game there. Um, but that's the kind of play calling that's that you know is just not going to win you those games. And the last time the Chiefs were up big to the Bengals, same thing happened. Um, I mean, that's their problem. They play very well from behind. The Chiefs do, I was saying. They play very well from behind. And we've seen that against the Texans back in the day when they were down big, the Titans uh, two years ago. And when they get a lead, apparently they don't know how to hold it. But all props to the Bengals. Their defense was weirdly good. So This to me was... Patrick Mahomes being overconfident, both in that play at the end of the half. I think he was the one who was like, let's run another, Andy. And he's and then, and then he, and he tried to call timeout when they had no timeout. Yeah, and then the interception in the uh the interception in OT is just him being overconfident and needing to more, I think, play to the game plan. But I don't know. I think the thing is is his play style is pretty even keeled and, and he doesn't it looks like he doesn't really get butterflies and you know, you see him on the sidelines and he's just kind of smiling, sitting there, not really like being too, um, he's not really a roller coaster player. You know what I mean? Uh, he doesn't like take the highs too, too high. He doesn't take the lows too, too low, which is what you want, but he's not even playing the middle that game, you know, like teetering in the middle between the highs and the lows. He was just kind of like, um, not even on the rail. He like wasn't. He was just like, oh, we're just kind of playing the game, and I'm gonna come out here and just have this game-winning drive, and everything's gonna be fine. It, like I agree with you, Trey. He was like, I don't know. He, he thought like it was as, done. He thought he won. Yeah, he wasn't like that into it as much as you would expect. But at the same time, if he came down and just in the last drive and scored a touchdown, we'd all be saying like, he's so calm, cool and collected can perform under pressure, even though he doesn't look like he's, he look how he's not even nervous, you know? So it kind of, I guess it goes both ways there too. Maybe turning into Aaron Rodgers. What is it? Four straight AFC championship appearances, one Super Bowl. It's tough. Um, all right, let's move on to the NFC Rams Niners. This game was, I don't know. It was it was a good game. It was a tight game, but it really all just came down to the end. Um, you had Jimmy G with the ball with like two minutes to go, trying to drive, and um, threw just one of the weirdest picks I've, I've ever seen. Just one of the strangest picks, like underhanded spiral backhand to the Rams. Got tipped up to the Rams guy. Um, so I mean, for San Francisco. I don't know what you do at quarterback. Um, a lot of people are going to say, get Jimmy G out of there. Then again, he got to that point. He had you in the game until the end. And then he got no blocking and got hammered on three plays in the end of the game. I mean, you can blame that on the quarterback. Maybe you can blame it on the offensive line. I don't know. But you got the young kid. You got Jimmy's you know, career up in question. I do think he's going to go. Um, but for L.A., it is cool to see them go kind of the mercenary team where they've traded their, their asset, their, sent out their entire future for this opportunity right now. So they better make it count because they don't have draft picks. I think this team might go through a struggle in about three, four years when they have, they haven't had a, a first round pick since Obama was in office. So like they are, 
totally bought in. It's cool to see Stafford doing what he's doing. He deserves a shot at one, 100%. He went through hell in Detroit. Um, Cooper Cup's the man, um, and they've just got a nasty defense. So, um, yeah, Cam, Cam, what do you got on the NFC Championship? Um, it was a little bit more of a boring game, I'd say, which was kind of expected. That's usually how it goes. Um, I'm, I'm really happy, happy for the Rams. I think Stafford deserves it all. And I don't have much on it, to be honest. I, I mean, I thought the Rams were going to win through and through, even when they were down 10. Um, maybe Jimmy isn't the winner. That we all thought he got his breaks in the in the first half, the first three quarters, and then all of a sudden it came back to haunt him a little bit. He's a winner. He just might not have the clutch game. It's a thing. Um, Tucker, get your get your shots into Jimmy G now. I mean, he's not good at quarterback. That's. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure if it's a shot, more of just a statement of fact. Um. Yeah, I mean they. Basically, the Rams' whole game plan was like, hey, let's make Jimmy G win this game, and Jimmy G crumbled. Um, there's a little bit to say about Kyle Shanahan uh, blowing every big lead he's ever had. Yep. Uh, but, no, Jimmy G was not good in this game at all. Um, kind of as soon as they took away the run game, they just depend on the pass, and it was just miserable. Um, the Rams are really good, though. I think that, like, this isn't really a huge hit on the 49ers just because the Rams are an incredible team. And I think, as I said in the, before the season, even sorry, I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, so they put up a good fight. I can't really say too much bad about them just because, you know, he threw two touchdowns. Could have played worse, but uh, definitely played Jimmy GS, which is like a mid-tier quarterback. And if that's what you're looking for, good for you, I guess. But it's definitely not a, you know, he doesn't deserve the contract he has. He gets paid like he's an elite quarterback, and he's just not. I hate to tell you this, but I think that Max going to end up being a Jimmy G type character. No. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah. I, why? Because I think he's not like he's not a crazy athlete, right? He's gonna sit in the pocket and sling around, but he's also not Neither six. Joe Burrow. He's not six foot three, and you, Joe Burrow's more of an athlete than Mac is. Yeah, I looked up there forty times actually. Uh, Mac Jones like four. He's six, got a eight. better arm. Joe Burrow's four six four. He's got a better arm. Joe Burrow worked on his arm throughout the offseason like that. That was like a huge he naturally the has a better arm. Matter of a first down or not, all right? Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, it's not he's not like a credible athlete or a credible arm talent. Like everyone thinks, you gotta have one of the two to be a great quarterback in the NFL. And you know what, Tuck? If he Burrow ends up being a Jimmy G level character, I still think we can win because look at the Niners; they're right in it every year that Jimmy. I playing. don't want a Jimmy G like for my franchise quarterback. Well, we will. All, we will see. All right. Um. All right. Let's cover Brady real quick. Obviously. Hey, I didn't talk about the game. Oh, no. sorry. Sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry. Real quick. Um, obviously, great game. I was rooting for the Rams. Tuck, I had Tuck over the, the house here. We watched the game. It was, it was a good time. Um, I'll say this about Jimmy. He didn't play spectacular, obviously. Um, he missed a few throws. Um, 
but I don't agree with the sentiment that like he was the reason that this team didn't win or like he didn't play good enough to win. Um, this this lo- this loss was caused by the safety not catching that interception. Uh, I mean, it went right through his friggin' hands. Uh, he should have caught it, and the game would have been over. Um, and and the the last play for the 49ers, um, I mean, your back's up against the wall. It's third down. You don't want to make it fourth and 20. You just kind of chuck it out to a guy. And with, you call him not an athlete, to be able to throw that spiral backhand while he's looking into the section 347 up on the nosebleeds and chucks it to a guy who realistically could have caught the ball but was basically caught off guard and it was a little high um maybe not the best call you'd rather have one more play but do you want to go fourth and 20 you just you're just trying you're out there trying your backs up against the wall with less than two minutes left or whatever however much time is left so i don't i don't blame this game on jimmy g yeah he missed a couple of throws but all their game plan is as a team is throw the ball to Debo uh, five yards up the field and let him try to run or hand it off to him or some other running back while he's taking while Debo's getting a drink. I mean that's basically the offense. Um, so uh, the Forty ers play an old school type of football, and with Jimmy G, that's very serviceable. Without him, I think they're going to be worse. I mean they can go with their their rookie if they want for some years and maybe see how things go. Um, but they also want to get off Jimmy. I would take Jimmy in a heartbeat at heartbeat. I think most teams would. He's what top 15 in the world at doing what he does. I mean, he's not like he's bad. People shit on him more than I think he deserves. That's it. Next topic. Okay. Let's do Brady retirement real quick. Um, obviously he got, uh, we had some reports, um, that he was retiring, then kind of conflicted. Then it turns out he was retiring. So, um, I mean, for me, this has been... Okay, this has been an emotional roller coaster. Um, obviously, I'm very happy that he's retired because I feel like I can take my foot off the gas now. Like, it's over. Um, no more fighting my nature of wanting to like him. But then he puts out his retirement statement and doesn't give any notice, any any reflection on New England, not even a shout out to the fans. It was all Tampa Bay. Now, if it had all been just Tampa Bay, if it was thanks coach, thanks GM, thanks teammates, thanks fans, Tampa Bay, I would have had no problem with that. But then he goes on to thank his agent and his trainer and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, his family, not a big deal. But he feels like he thanked every single person that wasn't involved in Boston. And I think it was intentional. And I think it was it was stupid. I don't understand why he did it. And it yes, it did make me angry. Um, I wasn't angry at first. As I stood over it, I got angry. I think it's... I don't understand it. I think he is... I think today actually was a win for the Patriots. Because it made us... It made, the Patriots organization looked better than Brady. He looked like he was still holding a grudge, which is not the best look for some people. I mean, some people, I assume, don't care. But at the end of the day, he was the greatest quarterback ever. He brought six championships to, to my team. He was my favorite player ever. He's my hero growing up. Um, so I'm extremely happy that I got to watch him play. I will tell my children about Tom Brady. Um, 
I hope that something develops where that he puts out a one day contract or something like that. Then I would forgive it. Whatever. It's water under the bridge. Probably should have made a mention in your final retirement post. That post to me is kind of the end. Like that is the epilogue of his entire career. And he just leaves out 20 years of it. Feels wrong to me. But that being said, if he does anything for Boston, if he, you know, does the one day contract or if he just comes up here and talks or does whatever, um, I'll be okay with it. I'm a little happier now that he's kind of acknowledging, you know, his former Patriot teammates and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, hell of a career. Best to ever do it. Had to tell people he was the best for a long time. Cam, he's a cheater. He's not that good. It's the system. No, just turns out he's a unicorn and the best athlete to ever live. Um, so yeah, salute to you, Tom, but you kind of, you kind of screwed me, man. It didn't feel good. And shout out to all you Bucks Patriots fans that jumped on the Bucks bandwagon because clearly he does not care about you. So you so for you gave up your fandom for the Patriots for the Bucks and Brady doesn't even care about you. So, all right. Um, Tucker, Brady thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's good to see him retire as a winner. Um, you know, it's kind of great to ever see your icon, like, fall off the cliff like you see so many greats do. He went out. I would have preferred to see him go out last year. I actually would have preferred to see him go out, like, three years ago, the last time they won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. But then last year, regardless, he was still incredible. He might even win the MVP this year. I'm kind of rooting for him at this point to win the MVP. When does that come out, by the way? Uh, right three days for the Super Bowl. Gotcha. So, yeah, at this point, I'm running for him. Um, as for the retirement, not mention the Patriots, couldn't care less. Genuinely, like, it is absolute whatever to me. Like, I read the whole thing. I was like, okay. Like, it's a typical retirement speech. I didn't feel, like, any sadness. You know, I don't think Tom Brady owes – he gave me six Super Bowls. I'm not going to complain about it. Like, at the end of the day – I have no love, like, I I wasn't, like, a Tom Brady to the end kind of guy, so I don't expect Tom Brady to be a me to the end kind of guy. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. I don't care that much. Uh, so let me just say, he does not owe me a single thing. Like, he does not owe me anything. I just think it is purposely a little bit insulting to the entire region that made him who he was. Like, the, the coach made him who he was. The team taught him how to play, you know, at the highest level. The people accepted him and treated them as their god. Like, just a little, like, something toward, hit hat tip towards people. I think him leaving it out is intentional. That's why it bothers me. Like, it's fine that it doesn't bother you. I'm just saying, that's why. I don't, he doesn't owe me an apology, like, a, a, anything. But I w it would be nice to have it. It just makes me feel worse about him. Dill? Um, I actually haven't read his statement. Uh, <laughs> To be honest with you, uh, I guess I kind of am with Tuck on this. I don't care too, too much. Um, did he, what, what poster statement are you referring to, Trey, where he like doesn't call the pass? His retirement post, the one he posted today that said, I'm retiring from football. What did he say? <laughs> a lot, Dill. <laughs> He's put up an eight panel Instagram post. I don't but have it he all did, memorized. But all he did was, you're saying all he did was reference the Bucks and said nothing about Patriots? He said, thank you to the Bucks, thank you to the Bucks fans, thank you to my agent, my family, so-and-so, my trainer, everybody except for anyone that was involved with New England. He had nothing to say for 
any of his previous New England teammates. He thanked his Bucks teammates. He did not thank his Patriots teammates. He didn't thank Kraft or Belichick, which I, I was expecting, and he didn't thank the fans of New England. He thanked Bucks fans specifically. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's the type of guy that's gonna just finish it out on that. I think he'll do something for New England. Um, it might come with a little bit of ta- bad taste in his mouth, um, just because of the situation that went on a couple years ago uh, over here in in New England. Um, but I think over time, you know, that'll heal at least for him and. It's not like he's going away from the game of football, and I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll be, uh, you know, like crucial in, in the future in New England and in, in, in Patriots, uh, like you know, being an ambassador to the game, ambassador to the team in that in that regard. I, I really don't think that they can hold that he can hold something like that down for too long. It was twenty years of his life; he made his career here. Um, so that and that's just one post. So I think he'll come out and do something in the near future, specifically for for Patriots Nation. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to look too much into that. I just don't think he's he's going to hold on to that forever. Uh, Cam. Yeah, Dylan, the voice of reason. Um, just you're too impatient. This was about an Instagram post. And a Twitter post was for Bucks Nation. Yeah, mind you, he's still was, on. Oh, he's not on contract, right? He he would needed another. Technically, kind of. he's still on contract. So yeah, it's his farewell to like I'm not I'm not. I have a counter argument. I'll let you because, go, Because he because he's the guy he's the guy that's all about commitment and competitiveness. So he's telling all of his. Bucks fans and all his teammates. He's I think not, though. He's retiring from little, football. I know, but he's he's saying, hey, I'm retiring from you know this contract with this team because no. I'm done with this. I, like, If he was going into for, free agency and it was all about the Bucks, then I'd understand. But he's not. He's ending football. He's done with football. All right. All right. So here's my thing. This is social media. Like he's putting – he's typing a key – like into a keyboard his farewell – to the Bucks, who credit to him. I mean, the past two years they've taken him in, and there's probably been more Bucks fans at any game ever. They've been awesome to him, so he's going to give them their their spotlight. He's going to respect them, appreciate them, and his Twitter posts, his Instagram posts, whatever. He's going to go back to New England and make something a speech or go back to Gillette and the one day thing, maybe. Um, I just think you're being impatient. He would have, he would have said something bigger about it if he wasn't going to do anything. Like, obviously I respect you guys, you know, I love whatever. He did. His kids were he born did there. His kids were born there. He was there for 20 years. He's kind of go back to new England. And when it happens, I'm going to laugh in your face. Cam, the thing is not being patient. Like, yes, that stuff may come, but this was his retirement from football. Him purposely leaving out Boston. This is the thing that people are going to talk about. Tom Brady retired on in- via an Instagram post on so-and-so, and here's what the message said. It's not going to be, and then 20 days later, he showed up in New England and shook someone's hand. 
No, this was his retirement from football folks. This was the reflection on his entire career. This wasn't a goodbye to the Bucks. If if he if he was signing with the Niners and said, Thank you, Bucks fans, for an amazing two years, it's been a great ride, I'm wanting all my coat, blah blah blah. That'd be fine. This is his entire career he's reflecting on. He's saying, I'm retiring from football. I've been playing for 22 years. And he just left out New England on purpose. Left out New England. Oh, he a retirement did. announcement doesn't have to be a one-day thing, dude. Yeah. I, yes, I it, that, this is the post. This is the retirement. This post was his retirement announcement, and he ignored New England. That is a fact. Trey, I can feel your blood pressure rising. No, but it's a fact, and you guys just refuse to listen. I mean, it is a fact, yes. He, this was when he put in words that he was retiring. And left out yes. 20 years of his career. So the thing is, is I am under the impression that he's going to do something more grandiose than what he did on social media for the Bucks in a single post. He's going to do something in New England sometime soon. Um, and it's going to be way more emotional, way more... I don't think you know, so. I think he's going to go, he's going to do a, he might do a press conference in Gillette. Like, you, like, you don't know. He could do something. Like, if he did something like that, you're going to be, wow, I should have said all those things two weeks ago. Well, then why would they not come out and say uh, it? All we have is some blue check mark, brown check mark. we didn't know that he was going to retire until he said it at 11 a.m. this morning. Yesterday, we thought he was going to still be playing. All he has to do is put in a one line about the Patriots. Him not putting in one line about the Patriots shows he's still upset about it. And that makes me think that he's not going to do anything like that. Maybe down the line when Belichick's dead, he'll show up. But just know nothing about the Patriots is on purpose and stupid, in my opinion, that he's just choosing to ignore 20 years of his career. He may have something against Bill, but he doesn't have anything against his teammates and the fans. There's no... There's no way in my so like he's not that type of guy. He'll do something. Well, there he were reports after there were reports after his game in New England that from his camp that he was irked that he was booed. He was upset that people booed him during the game. So maybe he does have things I would, against. I him. would be I would be upset too. It's fine. Move uh, on. Why? It's fine. competitive nature. He should understand more than anyone. It's stu. It's I. I get, I just don't see how you guys think this is not like a slight on us it's a hundred percent a slight on new england hundred percent it was on purpose and it was malicious all right to end it we'll go with uh we'll go with our list guys your top tom brady moments um we're not actually running too bad on time we got about we were only at an hour 10 so we can do the normal list guys um, can't wait to hear Cam's stupid list about the Giants just soft. I'll call him out for it. Don't worry, listeners. Um, all right. My number five is going to be Super Bowl 34. Brady's first Super Bowl comes in as a second year guy. Nobody cares about, um, and takes over for Bledsoe goes the whole way. Obviously a uh, big final two minute drive to set up Benetary for the kick right after nine 11 kind of to- coined the term. We are all Patriots for new England. Um, but it was just the, the coming out party. Obviously nobody knew how far it was going to go. Um, I don't remember the game. Unfortunately, I remember waking up the day after the game and being told that he won, but, uh, obviously that was the start of it all. So it's number five on my list just because, um, I didn't remember it, but I know how important it is to this moment in history. It's the first New England Patriots Super Bowl ever. Tucker number five. 
number five, I have the Jags AFC Championship game. It's a good one, um, actually. I didn't think of that. I have a lot of recency bias in my list, mostly due to the fact that, uh, you know, I don't remember the younger years. I really don't. It, there's no recollection to me of it. So I'm not going to put it on my list just because I'd rather have the memories that I actually remember. So, yeah. Jags AFC Championship game, awesome comeback victory, really good team. Uh, I just remember this game just being awesome. It was the lead up to which Super Bowl was it? Was it the uh, was this the Falcons Super Bowl? Eagles. Eagles. Oh shit! Well, that was gonna have a lead up to the game, but uh, yeah, this was just an awesome game. Big comeback victory. Just you know. Typical Tom Brady fashion. You just, even when we were down, it never felt like we were out. Dylan? I'm going to go with you, Trey. Um, although I wasn't a huge football fan, I do understand the, the, you know, the severity of that moment of winning uh, the first Super Bowl for the Patriots on a Vintary kick. The whole shebang, Brady's second year, first year as a starter. Um I think, what was this, 2007? The, the first Super Bowl, 2001. Oh. Never mind. Not, uh, we'll go with 2007, right? Didn't they win 2007? Nope, they lost in the Super Bowl in 2007. Oh, my goodness. Okay, never mind. Uh, skip. I'll do the next one. Uh, Cam? Um, I'm going to go with Brady Moss for the record. This was last game of the season against the Giants. Um, and I think on the same throw, Brady broke the touchdown in a season record. Moss broke the reception touchdown in a season record. Correct. And, and I happened to be there for it. You were at that game? Happened. I was at that game. That's crazy. That was a good game to be at. It was a great game to be at because it served as motivation for us. <laughs> and thank you, Tom Brady, for motivating the Giants players to do what they did a little bit later on. So that's my number five. All right, my number four is going to be the 07 regular season. Obviously, um, this didn't end the way we wanted to, as Cam just referenced, but 16-0, first team uh, to do that, to get to – no, no, because it was the Dolphins. I don't know. There's some weird thing where it's the Patriots team and the Dolphins team are both like the first team to get undefeated records, but the Dolphins had less games. I don't remember. But anyways, first team in the modern era to go undefeated in a regular season. Brady kind of proved that he wasn't just uh, a guy in Bill's system. <clears throat> and he he could be that big, big, you know, big play quarterback, um, breaking all types of records. Um, having Randy Moss on that team, who's still my favorite wide receiver of all time, the reason I wore 81 when I played, um, was so cool. The emergence of Welker. I mean, just an awesome team. And Brady, that entire season, just watching him absolutely shit-pump teams was incredible. Um, so, 07 regular season uh, is my number four. Talk. Uh, I also have the 07 season as my number four. Uh, just an awesome season. Um, kind of like probably my earliest football memories, like watching football was around this age and just having Brady just be so good. Like football was awesome to watch when the Patriots were on back then. 
Like, that team was just incredible. They absolutely shit-pumped every team. Um, and there was never a doubt, obviously, until the Super Bowl. But they were the best team of all time, in my opinion. They're certainly the best what team. Anyone has to say this was the best football team ever created. They were certainly the best team to never win a championship. I think in any sport, which is yeah, insane. definitely. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is my number four. Obviously, it'd be higher on the list if they won, but uh, probably number one. This is my number four, <laughs> even with the with the uh, black eye. Um, Dylan. All right, so I, I was trying to reference the 2005. Uh, uh, Super Bowl where they beat the Eagles um, because that was the first one that I remember actually I specifically remember um, going in like to school or I, w- I was I was in like uh, um, what was it uh, our high school gym at the time but we were in elementary school we were at the high school gym for some reason for like some basketball or something or another um, and uh, there was flyers for like the Belichick image of him like throwing the clipboard up in his hands. I up. won one of those in a class auction. They like yeah, I, and, yeah. and they were they were handing them out, and I had one, and I had it up in my room for years and years and years. Um, and it was because obviously they won the Super Bowl the day before, and we got or week before, and then we got that little poster thing. Um, so that was that was what I was trying to reference. But I think was that also a vanitary kick. That game? No, no. That was the Panthers and the uh, Rams were both monetary kicks. The Eagles won. I don't. I can't. The Pats went twenty-four to twenty-one. It was close. I don't, I, I don't think it was. Maybe it was. I don't think it was. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, that was what I meant. So number four for me is there's no way this is on your list, but I, I still say it to this day. Um, every time that you know this is the beginning of the game it's the first drive for the offense they say the players names and just the tom brady michigan like the <laughs> the like weirdest little like demeanor that he has and the quirky weird little smile that he has always brought joy to my face every time i hear, hear that so uh, Tom Brady, Michigan. Do you uh, number four for me? Dill, do I don't want to spoil your list. Do you have um, the moment of silence one on your yeah, list? No, I don't. But that, right. that, yeah, we that were, was an honorable mention. <laughs> Dill and I were watching the Patriots play the Bills. It was right after the Paris terrorist attacks, which were obviously terrible. They asked for a moment of silence, and in the moment of silence, you hear one voice ring out in Orchard Park: "Tom Brady." <laughs> Just, this is like one TV. of the, the saddest moments I've ever seen. It was awesome. Uh, Cam. Number four. Tom Brady going to Tampa. Um, I think this is a great moment for Tom just because he finally got out of the place where he's getting a little bit toxic. He's got beef with the owner, beef with the head coach. And I just, I'm happy for him that he was able to get out. And, you know, obviously he won a Super Bowl after that. He just seemed a lot more happy. He had an interview interview with Gronk. Gronk was saying that he's so more laid back now that he's down there. And I, mean, I was just really happy for him. So Tom Brady and Tampa, number four. So Cam is clearly not taking this list with any sort of sincerity. He's just trying to take shots at me. So it's all right. I, I live in his head rent-free. So it's just everything's got to be, you know, a shot at Trey. So we'll move on. 
My it's, number it's not a trend. three. Really not. My not number four. three is um hold on, I gotta pull it up. Twenty nineteen AFC Championship game. Um this was the year that they won the Super Bowl against the Rams. This was the year where everybody said Brady's getting too old, it might be time to move on now. Um and they had lost some bad games to like the Lions and the Jaguars, and they kind of puttered out at the end of the season. I think this is the year of the Miami Miracle, too. Um, so they go into the AFC Championship. Not a lot of people gave them a shot. I really didn't think they were going to do well. I thought they might. I, I, before the game, I was like, this team might get smoked. Um, but they came out. They went down. Obviously came back. There's a great clip of Edelman during that game going up to Brady and just screaming in his face, You're too old! You're too effing old! As meanwhile, Brady's balling. They had a last drive there where they, I think in the fourth quarter, they were driving down to take the lead. And they had like three or four third and fourth down conversions that were just the same play to Gronk. Just boom, 10-yard post. Boom, 10-yard post. Couldn't guard it. And then obviously they win the coin toss. Again, drive down the field. Boom, 10-yard post. Score. Go to the Super Bowl. Um, it was just a great game and it was kind of the transition of, you know, Brady had always beaten up on, on, uh, Peyton and Phil Rivers and all the older guys. And now this young buck comes up, wins an MVP. Everybody's saying, oh, this guy is something we've never seen. Brady puts him right back down his place at not your time yet, but I'm still here. So, um, that's my number three, 2019 AFC championship game. Uh, uh, my number three. Seahawks Super Bowl, Legion of Boom, uh, more like Legion of Whom, um, but like it was that. just an incredible game. Like this was just one of those where it was Tom Brady versus all-time defense down ten the fourth. I know it got overshadowed by Malcolm Butler, but like him coming back was incredible against this defense that was like unstoppable. Scoring twenty-eight was unheard of against them, and Tom Brady comes out and does it. Uh, this was just an awesome game, front to end, front to end. It was the first Super Bowl I really remember that the Patriots won in. Uh, first three really don't have any recollection of them, but uh, this one I just remember so fondly, just losing my mind. So happy being, uh, it was great. Dill, yeah, I'm also going same with Tuck. Uh, Super Bowl win over. Uh, Seahawks. Um, I didn't really start. We've talked about it a bunch. I didn't really start watching football until like part part way through high school. Um, so I had a, a couple years of watching the Pats do well, but not get a championship. This was my first time watching them throughout the whole season and then winning. Um, and uh, like Tuck said, like the first one that I really remember. Um, so memorable to me. Uh, that game in general was fantastic. Uh, just watching all the Seahawks fans and all the players just crumble when Butler got that interception and, and Brady's performance in the second half and then uh, winning the coin toss, going down there and storming down and winning. Uh, it was just fantastic. Cam, go ahead. Number three. And that was his third MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, by the way. It was. Which he then gave the card to Butler. Number three. Um, this one is uh, the 24 to nothing halftime comeback against Peyton Manning and the Broncos, actually. 
And this was back in like 2014, maybe 2015, something like that. I think it was 2014. Yeah, I believe so as well. Um, I had Tom Brady on my fantasy team that year. And he had an abysmal first half. And I really, he was the last player, maybe a Monday night game, Sunday night game. I needed him to score a certain amount of points. And the first half ended and I was projected to lose by a bunch. And I, you know, I sat down and I said, you know, Brady, I'm going to root for you here. I really am. Let's get it done. And he came back in the second half, came back and won. And uh, won me my fantasy league that year. So that was a great moment. And one of my favorite memories is Tom Brady. I love it. All right. My number two is going to be uh, Super Bowl 49, the, the um, Seahawks Super Bowl. Um, so this, like Tucker said, great game. Um, was at the time the largest comeback in Super Bowl history. It was only like 10 points, which is insane. But um, they over, overcame a 10-point deficit, I think, twice. Um, or maybe not. I don't remember, but they obviously Brady always starts out Super Bowl slow, throws a couple picks in the first quarter, um, then just turned it on. Obviously, you have the big stop at the end by Malcolm, but that drive before that was at that point the drive that where they went down and threw the score to Edelman on that little squirrel route um, was the greatest I'd seen Brady at at that point. That was when I was like, that to me, that game ended the goat talk. At that point, it wasn't really – it was kind of like, oh, we don't know. Montana or Brady could be either one at this point. Like, Brady's got the numbers in the bowls, but Montana has more, blah, blah, blah. At that point, I was like, it's over. This guy's the best to ever do it. Um, nobody can ever touch him. He's just going to go up from here. Turns out I was 100% right, but this game was unbelievable. Again, Tucker was my first one when I could really enjoy it. When I was a kid, like, I knew they won and I watched the games – don't have a clear, a very clear memory of it. I kind of remember the Eagles one, but this one was like, I can see the game unfolding in front of me. I watched it with Cam, um, but unbelievable game. Um, and that's my number two. Tuck. Number two, I have the Chiefs AFC championship game. A shootout. It was the old versus the new. Pat Mahomes going to be the new. He was the baby goal. He was going to, Break all of Brady's records. This was the end of the Brady, the start of the Chiefs. Everyone believed it. The game was in Arrowhead, and it was an absolute shootout of two great quarterbacks. And Tom Brady came out on top. This game was legendary. I mean, it was the best AFC Championship game of all time. And I loved every second of this game. Came down to the wire, you know. Whoever was winning the coin toss was winning that game because he knew neither of these quarterbacks was going to not score a touchdown the next drive. And Tom Brady did it. It was awesome. Dill. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Tuck here as well. Uh, I was thinking the Rams Super Bowl, uh, but I wasn't really too eventful. Um, so I'm going to go with Tuck. This game was like you said, legendary in an absolute shootout. Um, it, it was, it, it gave me hope, you know, cause at the time we thought Brady was going to be with the Pats till he was 50. So it gave us hope that uh, Brady, you know, was not going to let the young guy uh, t- uh, take the wind out of his sails. Um, 
and Brady just showed it to him and said, nope, I'm still here, and just came out and won that game. Uh, the offense of that team was just legendary. They had all the all the recent greats from the Pats on it, uh, doing playing their best games, our best game. Uh, great to watch. It's like I don't watch games over again, but I think I would watch that game over again. It's a good one. Cam? My number two is going to be the Brady Super Bowl and 2012, the 2011 season. All-time great Brady moment, for sure. Yeah, great Brady moment just because, um, you know, he showed a lot of poise in that game. He showed that he was, you know, able to still do everything he needed to do to win, and obviously the Welker drop was kind of tough and the fact that he, he shows some respect um, after the game and he's still a good sport about it, you know, going down the line. Um, and it really, it, it fueled my energy for, for football down the line. And I thank Tom Brady for that. And it gives me a, a great comeback for, you know, any arguments that need to be made against him. All right. My number one is obviously Super Bowl uh, 51, 28 to three. I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast about a hundred times at this point, but the, the sheer will that this man had to pull his team up from the depths of losing to pull it out. I mean, some of the throws he made in this game are extremely underrated. He has a throw on their uh, overtime drive to Danny Amendola. That is one of the most beautiful throws I've ever seen. Um, he just never gave up. And I think that's what I love most about him. He never said, he never said die. Um, didn't matter how much we were down. If we had Brady, we're still in it. We still got a shot. All we need to do is, you know, get a stop on defense. And then we got Tom. Um, it was incredible. A night I'll never forget. Um, a feeling I'll never forget. Hope we hope we can get back there one day. But, I mean, there's this is the greatest football game of all time, in my opinion. Um, just having a team be that far down to come all the way back. It, I don't think it'll ever happen again like that. Brady's the only one who could do it. He almost did it again this past weekend, but uh, or two weekends ago. But it was truly the greatest game I've ever seen him play. And he, how he elevated other people around him during that game, too, was something he could do and nobody else can. So, Tucker, number one. Number one, 28-3. Um, this game showed how lucky we are to be Patriots fans because this game was 28-3. And I still believed in the team, which I don't think any other team has, like, the ability to do because they've never seen stuff like it. They've never had a quarterback like Tom Brady. But, like, talking about that game, through the game, I was not giving up. 28-3, to I wasn't like, oh, this is over, any of that. Um, This game was always, like, still up in the air, still anyone's game, even at 28-3. And, I mean, just, again, the sheer will they did to come back in that was incredible. One of the best nights of my life, probably. I would say top five moment of my life was that game. That whole day, top five moment. Dill? Yeah, obviously, I'm the same, too. I was at a Super Bowl party. Um, a friend of my, my dad's, we usually go up to his place in North Adams, uh, I drove down from school for the weekend just to go to the party. I remember sitting on the couch at halftime. Um, all the old guys around me were like, it's over, it's done. I'm sitting there in the corner just like, you know what? 
three scores. We just can't let them score again, and we have a shot. Um, and we come out and score every all the next <laughs> all the next points to tie it up. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the game ended late at night. Then I drove back up to school from North Adams, which was like a two-hour drive. Um, and it was real late, but I was just fuming off adrenaline. Uh, just wasn't tired at all. I thank uh, Tom for me not crashing my car because he kept me awake because we won that game. I also so, had to drive like an hour and a half after the game. Yeah, so it was... Uh, and the game itself, obviously, was tremendous. Like Trey says, probably the best football game of all time. Uh, Cam, go ahead. Get it over with. Number one. Well, you guys have already mentioned it. Um, the 16-0 season was my number one. More specifically, when it got a little bit closer to the end of the uh, postseason, I think you know Brady just had an unbelievable year. And I mentioned earlier... You know, regular season, played the Giants, broke the records, had an unbelievable team. And I think this, um, the Super Bowl that year just proved, you know, that was human, that he was human. And I think he really needed that because he was, you know, getting so much praise. You're the greatest of all time. And um, I think he really needed the fact that, you know, he's not perfect. And that Super Bowl really did that for him. So that's my number one. All right, uh, that's the episode. Sometimes I want to kill some of you. I swear to God. But it's all good-natured. Um, yeah, that's episode 109, did I say? Jeez. Yeah. Um, all right, check us out on our socials. Vote on our polls, please. We only got like 10 votes this week. That was pretty pretty low for usual. We're usually getting like 15 to 20 now. So go vote on those, man. Uh, check us out. Thanks for getting wasted with us, and we will see you next week to break down the Super Bowl. All right, see ya. See ya. Oh, uh, Super Bowl. Bowl.